Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming at you live again for take two of the Blue Heaven Podcast. Remix. <laughs> it's the remix. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Uh, you're now home with Dodgers Nation and uh, Jim Beam. So uh, please drink responsibly before you blow yourself up for America. I'm Clint. That is Doug. We already know how Doug is doing. He's doing great, but he's also not doing all that great because the Dodgers aren't doing all that great. Um, tell people things again because this is going to sound different for people on the podcast side, the audio podcast side. They won't know. Only you guys know. We are back. Yeah, I mean, look, this Dodger team had a rough week. They go 3-3 three and three against two of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. They had a gold opportunity to make some inroads in the NOS, but hey, at least we don't have to riot because Will Smith made the all-star team. So I'm definitely feeling good about that, but yeah, lots to get into. Talk about some pitching issues. Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin. I'm excited to talk about the future of the third base position a little later, Clint. Yeah, we got We got a lot of things we want to talk about today. Uh, I wonder if the three and three road trip spells trouble for this team. The, the pitching is being let down by two guys who were so good last year with Julio and uh, the cat man, Tony Gonson. Like this guy already said, third base is a bit of an area of concern and all-star thoughts and all that. So let's just uh, jump into talking about uh, the baseball and the stuff by first talking about our Dodgers nation app. I already did it in the first version of the show, but it was all it was all glitchy apparently. So I'm gonna do it again, guys. On the app, if you can have one of these cellular devices, you can put a Dodgers Nation app on your phone, and then your schedule's there. All of our podcasts are there. All of our YouTube content is there. Store to buy stuff to support me and Doug, so he can get more polos. Um, the schedule's there, so it's it's a lot of cool stuff. It's on the Android. It's on the iOS. Dodgers Nation app. Search for it. Uh, it's the best. Literally the best Dodgers app on the market right now. Yes, and uh, you can't deny that, Cody. We're looking good. We got numbers. We're like, great. We're doing traffic great. Traffic is alive. the The bit rate is looking good, and the Dodgers are not three and three on the road trip. Pitching was with some trouble. Hitting with some trouble. Doug, you were you were riffing on it before we died. Tell us about what you liked from uh, this road trip. Not too much to like. I mean, this is a road trip where you have to go in there and take care of business. You have to take four or six games, maybe five of six. Maybe you sweep, but you go three and three. Yes, it is a road trip. Yes, you're playing teams like the Royals, who it's their World Series. Well, yesterday, I was very disappointed in this Dodger team. It had, like I said before this show, a spring training type vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard Good people... Pull. On the post-game show with Nomar and those, they're, they're kind of making excuses for this team, talking about the late travel, the this and that. I mean, we're talking about guys at five-star hotels. They travel in first class. I mean, these are big leaguers that are paid millions and millions of dollars. You can't make excuses for this team. They had to go in there and take care of business, and they were sloppy. They just were a sloppy team. Ned Kledi always talks about the presentation. The presentation definitely presentation. got a D on that presentation. Not good. When you get when you get uh, you lose a series to the Royals, that's that's bad. And the Royals looked really good against the Dodgers. It feels like any team that has the slightest amount of speed 
is just going to destroy this Dodgers team. So that's something for like a long-term uh, concern for sure, because there's a lot of teams that are speedy. Dodgers end up somehow meeting up with the, the Diamondbacks uh, in the playoffs. I'm putting my money on the Diamondbacks at this point. They run. They're a better team. The Dodgers are slow, even though they got some wheels, but it's a slow team. And, and when there is any speed, they can't defend. They can't hold runners on. Cats heads are falling off. Pets heads are falling off. All that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I did like from uh, this past series is I really didn't watch that, many, that much of the, the damn series, man. Saturday. I was drinking Sunday. I was recovering. Didn't really watch much of it. I did watch some of Sunday, most of Sunday, because I had to, uh, you know, work borderline alive. And yeah, it was like I like the way you put it. It's, it felt like spring training game, and I don't like that feeling in uh, at the start of July. Yeah, I mean, there just was a lack of hunger there, a lack of just determination from this team that they're not a first place team. They're not ahead in this division like they were from wire to wire after yeah. they went on that run where you had a nice little cushion. No, that <laughs> isn't the case. They're not just fighting with the Diamondbacks. They're fighting with the Giants. I mean, this is a team as yeah, every incentive to go out there and win ball games. They weren't doing that. And really what it comes down to, Clint, is the lack of starting pitching. I mean, that is really where it starts and ends. We're going to talk about that in a minute here. Of course, the Dodgers offense, they struggle with runners in scoring position. I'm glad you brought up that point that you did about not just the fact that they did lose, but but how they lost. And that Royals team, it was death by paper because they were dinking, dunking. But also, too, it was the aggressiveness on the base pass. Yep. They were turning singles into doubles. Anytime they could tag up, they were making that attempt. You saw Salvador Perez somehow magically get under that tag on Saturday. But really the biggest <laughs> takeaway for me is the fact that Julio Urias, we're going to talk about, we're going to break down his start and talk about his future this season a little bit. He didn't look great. That first inning definitely had a rocky start of it. Lots of bloops, lots of soft contact, but still just wasn't very effective. Then Tony Gonsolin, third straight start where he continues to struggle. He just has not looked good. And the reality with this Dodgers team is outside of Clayton Kershaw and an occasional really nice start from Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan, who's looked great so far. You just don't have starters that are going out there and giving you five or six innings. That is the foundation of this team. That is why they have had success for so many years. And right now they're not getting that. Oh, and then guess what? Their best pitcher this year, he's having a shoulder issue. His shoulder is yeah. cranky. And he looks like he's heading on the I.O. So like I said, it feels like it's two steps forward and three limps back for this Dodger team at times. Yeah, the... Uh bad starting pitching is leading to an overworked bullpen the bullpen has been mostly mostly good of late it's it's usually the guys that are bad i'm i've been very vocal uh about the fact that uh yancy almonte should not be in on this team anymore um but he's like just one of the guys he's gonna come in he's gonna give up a few runs uh for the most part everybody else has been pretty decent you know the guys that are gonna give up uh, come in and give us some give him some runs uh they got dan hudson back that's huge uh, and the bullpen comes into this this uh game on monday in a pretty good spot but the starting pitching is what starts everything for this team and yeah it has been bad julio comes back does not look good tony gonson for his uh third straight start and like uh, what four in seven or five and six or whatever the hell it is not looking good at all not and especially not looking like the guys uh that we saw in 2022 and that's a big problem exactly you go from tony gonson an all-star last season julio urias finishes <clears throat> third in the cy young voting to right now you could make the case you can make the argument and it'd be a valid argument that if you had to pick two between bobby miller and emmett sheehan versus tony gonson and julio urias you go with emmett sheehan and bobby miller if i told you that before this season you would say it'd be the con mcgregor who the f is that guy with <laughs> emmett sheehan right but he's the guy that's going out there giving you five or six innings the fastballs playing up bobby miller still showing some frustration but a much better outing this time around but until they get the start 
starting pitching figured out, it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, I don't know if you go out there and you get a little Band-Aid type player, someone like a Rich Hill, who you know can at least give you five innings, okay? <laughs> you need that. And at this point, we're not even looking for an ace. We're looking for a guy that can take yeah, some innings need, out of this bullpen. You need an innings either for sure. Who, who? Uh, oh, you had one more part? Well, I was just going to say, too, little Mitch Lot half full. Daniel Hudson returning the way he did. I thought he looked sharp. The velocity was still. The command was still there. I don't the think The command was nice. The command was that. He was just dotting it. Dotting. And I was very impressed with him. And it kind of makes you go back and say, hey, this guy was on his way to having one of his best years. He's had a lengthy career last season, and the fact that it wasn't an arm injury, it was lower body. So I'm very confident he's going to be a big part of this bullpen, but that's just one void, right? That's just yeah. one piece of the puzzle. And then, of course, like I said, Mookie Betts. What more can you say about Mookie Betts? By the way, did you see his mom was upset that he was in the home run derby? Wait, he, he, he told upset? his mom. Yeah, he told his mom, and she didn't like the fact that he was in the home run derby. But, of course, his wife talked him into it. I just kind of thought that was a little funny, but I think <laughs> – He's a guy that, for me, what really blows my mind about Mookie Betts is we're getting peak Mookie Betts. We're getting power peak Mookie Betts, who's on pace to hit over 40 home runs. I mean, I yeah. just love the fact that the he continues. Pop is there. Yeah, the pop is absolutely there. And like I said, start of the week going 0 for 5, reach base 13 of 15 plate appearances after that, including eight in a row at one point. That's tied for the second most in three games in Dodgers history behind the 14 times that Jimmy Shecker, 1903, and Jimmy Johnson, 1923, did. So, hey, there you go your uh, random Dodgers from like a million years ago today. But we're talking pitching right now. Who are you more concerned about, Julio or, or Tony Gonsolin? Easily Tony Gonsolin because outside of that first inning for Julio Urias, yes, he yeah. got bad bit to death, lots of soft contact. The command wasn't there, and we're going to go in-depth about some of the issues that Julio Urias is having. He's not working the fastball up in the zone as much. The spin rate, though, the whiff rate, the velocity, it's still consistent. But if you look at Tony Gonsolin, the velocity is down. The command is down. You saw him give up two bombs on the split finger fastball the inning before that. He just does not look anywhere close to being the all-star caliber pitcher, the guy who made his first yeah. all-star team and had that momentum. And he's struggling right now, and he's just not going deep into games. He's just not efficient at all. He's not finishing off hitters. So easily it's Tony Gonsolin. And look, I've you guys know I've never been the biggest Tony Gonsolin guy. He's never been one of the guys that I trust really in a big situation. And a lot of that has to do with his postseason performance, but also just in the fact that he's not missing as many bats and that's not getting, he doesn't have a striker rate above no. 20% this year. No, the walks the, are high too. The, yeah. The command is, isn't there. So the walks are high and, and, and he's, um, he, they're just, they're hitting him when they are hitting him, but they're also taking their walks and they're just, they're adding this. It's, it's bigger innings. That's why you're seeing six runs, seven runs, uh, you know, bigger, uh, bigger blow up games where you know this team doesn't have doesn't always have the firepower to come back and and uh, and make it a game late every single time. So yeah, Julio, that was that was like I said, it was a dink, it was a doink, it was that was death by paper cuts, as you like to say, as as folks like to say, and uh, it was frustrating. But I think he'll be a lot better in in his final start. Uh, at Dodger Stadium before the the end of the unofficial first half here, but yeah, I would I would agree. Gonsolin is the bigger concern uh, going forward, and he has and he has a lot of reasons to need to be good because he has so many incentives in that contract, uh, and and they need him. They're they're stuck with him either way because there's nobody else ready. We're not we're not going to live through. Michael Grove era, Pepio is still at least a month away. If he's at all back this season, we don't know what the hell is going on with Dustin May. He's either picking up a baseball or he didn't pick up a baseball. Noah Syndergaard, we might see him again at some point just out of necessity because they do need innings. And it's like, hey, do you want, you mentioned Rich Hill. Do you want Noah Syndergaard or Rich Hill? Do you just want to keep throwing 
you know, band-aids, uh, band-aids to survive the season, or do you try to go the better route like you had mentioned last week? And we have more coming down the road about it, but do you go and, and try to get like a Max Scherzer type? I don't know. There's there's a lot of options there, but it is it is a problem. It is a concern that these two particular starting pitchers that that meant uh, so much to this team uh, that that were the probably the two of the biggest uh focuses or, or guys that were gonna, this team was going to ride throughout the season uh both of both Gonsolin and Julio being bad uh is making everything bad and making everything look worse um of course we say all that still not in a bad position the Dodgers aren't the Padres the Dodgers aren't the Mets they're still right there which if if you were told uh in February hey this team is going to be real bad real frustrating but but still very much in it in you know at the beginning of July I I would I would be pretty okay with that knowing that this was going to be a, a year of transition with the rookies with so many expensive veterans gone like I'm okay knowing that look you're you're here heading into July you have some questions you have some guys coming back but you also have some opportunity to go out there and make some uh, make some additions in a month I think they're in a good spot, like like trying to do your Mitchell out of half full. I think the Dodgers ultimately are in a good spot despite all of these problems. Yeah, no, I think that's important to point out. They're not a doomsday situation where this year is a complete bust. It's like what Lou Holtz used to say, you're never as good as everyone tells you are when you win. You're never as bad as you are when people say when you lose, right? So they're somewhere in between. I think they're a lot closer to being a World Series champion than the world worst team in the league. And I think that's proven by the fact you have five all-stars. You still have the second highest run differential in the National League. I think one of the big concerns, though, taking care of business on the road so far this season 500 ball club on the road 2022 you mm -hmm. see the era road splits they're sky high it doesn't make that's a ton a bigger, of sense so that's a bigger concern for me i mean what do they say you you play to win at home you play to tie on the road they're doing that they're holding up that end of the bargain if you you want to go out and have 106 111 win season yeah you win on the road but what they're doing right now they're still on pace for what 90 wins they're yeah. going to be in there no. we don't care about the division title this year we like I, as a fan and somebody who, who covers this team, I don't care about them winning the division title. That doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, look, it's still, yeah, you can still win it. You can still make deep runs without it, but still you want to put yourself in a position where you have home field advantage when you do. You're winning division Especially titles. You don't have to play extra <laughs> games. Ideally, you do win the division, but yeah, I think you're right that you can still win it without it. It's really just about having momentum at the right time. And like I said, this is going to be, the most telling trade deadline in Andrew Friedman's career as a Dodgers president. Because look, if they don't go out there and make aggressive moves, then the next part of the season, the reason to watch is to the development of these players and to see how some of these guys get. Maybe, yeah, you get in, you have a puncher's chance. You definitely have talent. But right now, the pitching isn't anywhere close to where it needs to be. If you look at ERA, close to towards the end, I mean, this bullpen sells a 452 ERA. That's 25th last week. It was at 11th. The Babbitt, though, was still really high at 338. Like I said, not a lot of guys missing bats, but still there are enough pieces in place to where if you go out there, you make the right moves, you push the right buttons, this team could still be in a position to go out there and chase a title. I'm thinking more 2018 where you get a gritty team, a team that's, hey, uh, the people are riding us off, but we find a way to sneak in. We get in there and we do damage. But yeah, I mean, to me, hit them with a little gritty. Hit them with a little gritty. Hit them no, with a little X grit for sure. But it was just very disappointing. Like I said, the Royals, the Rockies, you go three of three, and then you talk about the hail and the late travel. To me, it was just the little violin. You know, I mean, come on now. I mean, I think that we can't be making excuses for these players. They're very well paid, very well compensated big leaguers, okay? These are our thoughts. Uh, Cody's got some stuff in the stream. What you got for me, DJ producer Cody? Well, first, we got two super two chats. Super chats. Oh. 
What else do I always forget? I always forget it now. That's what it should be. What you got? I need Michael Carrillo. Two dollars said D-backs projected to win the division. Now LA is exposed. Ooh. And then we have Diane Schroeder, the fairy godmother. The Dodgers are right on par for my preseason prediction of 89 wins. And then we have uh, some other comments. Uh, somebody said to bring back Jake Reed. Uh, <laughs> said Somebody said Andrew Friedman needs to get on the horn in order to save the season. Friedman will probably sign Duffy again and say it's a good move. <laughs> hey, uh, where's yeah. Cole Hamels, by the way? You guys were covering Easy uh, Oh, Z, shoot. Zia, uh, no more? Okay. No more. Um, and then uh, some people were just talking about uh, just in general, like how the defense was also a big mm. struggle as well. Defense, and that's something we wanted to talk yeah. about. I know this guy wanted to talk about the defense at, at third base, but um, uh, the the surprising, because I wanted to touch on uh, Michael's uh, $2 super chat, the D-backs, as I say, the D-backs being good, you know, we kind of had an idea that would be a thing. It's it's fun. It's exciting. It's, you know, as a Dodger fan, you don't want it to happen, but it's also good for baseball. But anyways, you got more? I need to hear you, Chief. Sorry, we have one more super chat. Super chat. Chupa I didn't chat. see it. Super chat. Oh, <laughs> Noah Ortega uh, said Stone, Noah, Pepio, and Pajes for Scherzer or Snell. Oh, so now you're on my Scherzer trade. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All, right. Snell, All right. Very buddy. much appreciate the I super chat. I mean, Blake Snell, I don't see them as natural trade partners with the Dodgers. I don't anticipate that happening. Max Scherzer, it still remains to be seen whether they're going to go into that down to the studs rebuilds or really sell. Because look, he can still help them next year in 2024 if the if the Mets still feel like they can contend. But yeah, I mean, I think that if you're going to go out there and make a trade for a starting pitcher, I definitely like taking a big swing. But I kind of want to go back and talk about the Diamondbacks for a second. I will say though, I don't see them fading. I really do. I think the Varsho trade it paid off. Carroll, Perdomo, I think you see Kelly and Gallon just covering long innings for them, just giving you quality starts. I think they're going to be a team you're going to deal with till the very end. And also too, you bring up that trade. Who knows? Maybe the Dimebacks could be buyers. Maybe that's another team that's a competitor, and that's one of the big issues with Andrew Friedman. He's, he does not like to overspend, especially in in-season trades. But, yeah, you're just going to see what how how the, he feels about this 2023 Dodgers team. What kind of moves he's want to make, that's going to be based on uh, the deals he makes at the deadline. Yeah, and what's available. You know, it's not all. In the Every team knows what the Dodgers need or want so there's the dodger sur uh, surcharge yeah, or whatever look, there's dodger tax on any sort of trades but also there's other teams that want those those same players the dodgers need or want right now exactly there's more competition right there's more people at the table they're trying to get these deals done because there's teams out there that say hey they saw what happened last season if you just get into the tournament you can't have a deep run but also too i think it's important to point this out that it is far more important for the Dodgers right now to get their current players to play to their capabilities than outside acquisition. Because this outside acquisition isn't going to do very much if Hulu Arias doesn't turn things around, if Tony Gonson isn't able to give yeah. them innings, if this bullpen doesn't find some more pieces internally and some of these rookies start playing well. Look, since the beginning of May, Miguel Vargas and James Outman, they have the identical weighted runs created plus. They've both been 47% below league average. Rough. Below league average, okay? And I think that was the big vision. You want some contributions as far as the That's youth fun. movement. And really, if you're going to basically kind of break that whole thing down, I mean, Emmett Sheehan, Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone hasn't worked out. We still haven't seen Ryan Pepio back. So lots of missing pieces with this team. But yeah, the number one thing you need to look at is your opening day starter, Julio Urias, getting better and guys like that. We know Thor, 
I think that even the most optimistic Dodgers fans doesn't expect him to come back no. and pitch well. But yeah, I mean, you can talk about all these trades, this and that, but I think Andrew Friedman, you have to prove to Friedman that there's enough internally to want to go out there and give up some prospect capital to make it run this season. Well, they're going to. Like yeah, there, there but it's is just how enough. aggressive, though. How aggressive. Yeah, I, I don't think it need, they don't need that much. They need one starter and a bat because you can't have a lineup that, that is featuring uh, Miguel Vargas and James Outman and Miguel Rojas. And guess what? Also, at this point, Max Muncie every single day. That's that's four kind of their worst hitter since the beginning of spots, June. man. That is going to be in May, actually. You, you, you have you have the opportunity to bat nine if you only have five that could produce. That is a problem. But uh, you had you had something else? Yes, we have another super oh, chat. Let's go. <laughs> He's locked in now. We have a Zeppelin two seven nine zero one. This isn't a World Series team. You can't win a championship with no starters, a dumpster bullpen, and re and o relying only on home runs. Right off twenty twenty three and rebuild in twenty twenty four. Ooh, I agree with I agree with right most there. of that. That is a hot take. Is that? I'm going to make that the Hornito shot Let's taker go! comment of Yo. the show. That is a heady take there by Zeppelin. Hey, Hornitos, drink responsibly. It has uh, it has what plants crave. King. King. Uh, no, that is a great uh, a shot taker of the show. I agree with everything there, but uh, the, the last part of... Um, uh, them not uh where is it or, or the rebuild i don't agree yeah this guy always talks about if you want the dub you got to slug but that's the only way they can get the dub is by slugging and that's a that's a pretty big problem for this team so let's uh let's uh transition forward here let's look at some of those um offensive issues i guess we'll say and and i i think i agree when we talked about putting this show together earlier today In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You had the idea of, uh, hey, we, we need to look at third base. That's a real area of concern. I think it does start there. You can get away with, with Miguel Rojas on the field doing what he's doing. And by the way, he's not, he's not hitting that bad. He's just not hitting that great. But if you have him hitting third, or I mean, if you have him hitting eighth or hitting ninth, that's okay. But every single day you have Max Muncy hitting third or fourth. And as much as we love this guy, very good dude, uh, one of our favorite Dodgers, uh, 100%. Um, He's leaving a lot to be desired right now in a number of capacities, defensively and and batting third or batting fourth. Yeah. Well, I, fourth or fifth, I should say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he went from when you fix him for the clink here, you went on a tear, <laughs> right? He went from max Muncy to mid Muncy. Now he's just bad Muncy. If you look at him since the beginning of May, he's hitting 163 with the 67 weight runs created plus since June 1st. Muncy's hitting 120 with a 40 weighted runs created plus. So he's 60% below league average. So for hit to justify him in the game defensively at the hot corner where he's well below deep league average, he's one of the worst defenders. When you look at the metrics, you have to have produce offensively. He has to produce at the plate. He has to leave the yard. He has to hit home runs, and he's not doing that. But if you take a look under the hood at his defense, it's just been bad. A negative two outs above average at 16th, a minus four defensive run saved. And look, DRS, definitely you want a bigger sample size. But still, I think we're 
we have a lot of sample size right now to know that, hey, he's just been bad. His UZR is bad. I mean, look, zero is league average. His UZR is negative 2.9. That's 15th. That's one above Austin Riley, who's the worst in the league. His negative <laughs> 9.1 UZR, 150th, is 14th. His negative 1.7 defensive war is 16th. That's last in the league. So defensively, he's been one of the worst defenders at his position. Offensively, save for the hot streak, he has just been going through it of late. He's just not producing, not getting on base as much, not providing the yeah. pop, and that's what he needs to do. And I think you saw yesterday, I mean, for this season with Max Muncy, the range is never going to be there at third base. You're never going to have elite range, but even balls that are hit right to him. It's like the baseball is a bar of soap right now sometimes <laughs> during this season, the way he's dropping it. And I think, yeah, if he doesn't pick it up, I mean, I don't expect him to be a Ryan McMahon or a Brian Hayes or, or, or an Arenado or a Manny Machado, but still, I think you need him to be serviceable and then produce offensively. He's doing neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would argue the same with, well, defensively, I guess Vargas has been a little bit better, but uh, I would argue... That, that Max is the bigger problem. He's, you know, you, you say the the not getting on base. For him, he's generally getting on base because he, he does take his walks. But you're just seeing a lot of frustration. You're seeing a lot of press. You're not seeing, um, you're not seeing a happy Max Muncy at all right now. And, uh, you know, that that's that's concerning for a guy that, you know, he we know his history. You know, he basically quit the game for a little bit and realized, I don't want to do that. Uh, he just seems like he's in a bad mental spot and everything keeps compounding that a lot of it or not a lot of it. There's a good amount of it. That's bad luck, you know, bad body, uh, uh, bad, batted ball luck, um, which I, I don't know how you change that. <laughs> you know, you just kind of keep grinding through it, but you know, maybe moving him down in the order. Isn't that bad of an idea just to give him a different look ha have him see some different pitchers, but have less pressure on him to have to drive in. Freddie have to drive in Will have to drive in Mookie and you know you front load your lineup too much which you don't want to do because you don't want there to be five dudes uh at the tail end of the lineup which are always just going to be kind of doo-doo but to consistently have him batting fourth or fifth when you have somebody like David Peralta who's been exceptional since the start of May like that's just an option it's an idea to get yourself, I guess, more front-loaded and try to score as much as you can, but also uh, uh, negate um, or, or hopefully get Max Muncy on the, you know, the right track of being in a better headspace by batting lower in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, even talking about the walks, the walks are down to where we've seen them. So it's like, I mean, if you're not doing that, then you're really looking at Max Muncy and saying, okay, what is he providing? But as far as where you put him in the lineup, yeah, you talk about David Peralta. Really, if you look at this lineup as a whole, you only have five guys that are above average bats over the last month, and Peralta is one of those guys. Yeah. And talking about a guy that can also mash against right-handed pitching and definitely get it done from that side, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think if you're this organization, what we've seen, what history tells us as far as how they handle Max Muncy is they let him ride through these slumps, man. They truly let him ride man, through these slumps they. for better or worse. Yeah, they uh, We saw it in 20. It worked yeah. out. Um, then he bounced back, had the good year. The the arm really, really messed him up, obviously, the elbow. But uh, the last couple of years, yeah, it's just been, it's just, it's, it's, um, the step back isn't working anymore. Yeah. He ditched it this year again. And, uh, you know, nothing, just nothing seems like it's going to work. So what, what is, uh, what is the future at third base in, in your opinion? So, look, I mean, they have options, of course. You got to start with Max Muncy. So, Max Muncy, of course, they have that $10 million option. I will say, when it comes to Max Muncy, as far as his future, he needs to be on a team where he's playing first base. 
That's what the that's what ha- needs to happen for Max Muncy. Yeah. Go back to first base, but of course, there's a guy named Freddie Freeman. Yeah. He's 21. That he was position. on his way to Gold Glove caliber first. The only problem is his name isn't Paul Goldschmidt, so he was never going to get a Gold Glove, but he was there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was. I mean, that was kind of the the hope. And then, of course, he goes to second base, where he said that was his favorite position to play. And then he told us during spring training he feels most comfortable at third base. But defensively, you don't get better the more you age. The older you get, you get worse. <laughs> yeah. Right? You lose this step. Your metrics works. go down. So even Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, their defensive numbers—they're not great this season. Believe it or not, they're just not. I mean, now a couple options. You want to, you talk you brought up Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman's an interesting name. Of course, he's going to be a free agent after this season. I think there's a couple things that work against the Dodgers for Matt Chapman. One meaning that you want to go after Shohei Otani, so they're not going to give a two two hundred fifty million dollars or whatever it may be to get a Matt Chapman because that's the deal that he's heading towards. Yeah. He's also represented by Scott Boris. Boo. Exactly. He's got the he's but defensively. I mean, talking about a three time Gold Glove Award winner, the DRS, the UCR. He's the guy who mashes left-handed pitching a thousand plus OPS versus lefties. He's open to an extension with the Blue Jays. I just don't anticipate the Dodgers going out there and signing a third baseman because when you give that bag out, you have to check off the other boxes. And look, I can just tell you, this organization, they consider marketability. They consider jersey sales. They consider whether or not you put butts in the seats. Yeah. Matt Chapman doesn't feel very Dodgery to me. No, it's, right? like, it's just another Trey Turner. Yeah, very. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of like bland. He's not a Dodge. I mean, you got Candelario, of course. I would love to have him. Oh, he'd be fantastic. As, be, a, as a as a somebody who understands baseball and and wants to see his team get better, I uh, would love to have Matt Chapman. He would be a great fit on yeah. this team. No I don't care about, about the Dodgers making money. Like they have money, they print that. Yeah. I've been told by Dodgers Nation's Doug McCain they just print money at Dodger Stadium. So absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But also, you got Jaime <laughs> uh, Con- uh, Candelario is another interesting name on the Nationals. He, of course, they signed him to a one-year deal. He's been one of the better one-year contracts. He'll be a free agent after the season. I've had a lot of Dodger fans hit me up. They want me to talk a little bit about him. Doesn't make too much sense as far as. Yeah, he's a guy that doesn't, he's not great against lefties, a 672 OPS, 880 OPS versus righties. Defensively, he would be an upgrade to Max Muncy. He really has been one of the most valuable third basemen in the league. I don't see them going for him long term. I don't see them trading for him this season because they have other needs they need to address, right? Need to go get starting pitching before you can go get a luxury like that, a third baseman. So I don't see that. Now, other options internally, I think, are the more interesting ones. Well, actually, first of all, let's talk about Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado ain't happening because Nolan Arenado, one, he has a no trade clause. He would basically have to waive that no trade clause. And also, he's still owed $109 million for the remainder of his career. He's 32 years old. He's still an above average bat, a 122 weighted runs created plus, so his bat is 22% above league average. Defensively, has declined slightly. I just don't see that happening, especially with the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Internally, a lot of people talk about maybe could Will Smith. Could Will Smith go over to third base at some point. You have Diego Cartaya take over at catcher. Look, right now, Will Smith defensively, a five DRS. He's an above average defensive catcher. I don't see that happening anytime soon. No, no. And and you don't have anybody ready. You know, down, Diego Cartaya's had a down year. They're not going to go with somebody like Hunter Fiducia. Uh, Dalton rushing is a long way away. The only guy that would have been ready, they traded for Max Scherzer two years ago. Exactly. So it, this, is, this is Will's team. And... You also don't move him after being named to uh, the National League All-Star team for the first time in his career as a catcher. Exactly. Precisely. Then also you got Michael Bush. Michael Bush is very interesting to me because defensively... Stop you there, no. Well, I mean, look, (laughs) defensively doesn't have a great arm, right? But 
the way he you, the way he gets ground balls, he can be a ground ball vacuum, he can go out there, make plays defensively. And also, too, if he can produce at the plate, it's another Max Muncie situation where if you feel confident about what he does in the box and he's getting doubles and extra base hits, he's seeing a lot of pitches, he's almost four pitches per at bat. He always adjusts well whenever he makes a leap, takes it some time, but when it all clicks into place for Michael Bush, he usually turns things around. I just don't think this organization is very committed to Michael Bush. I look no. at his age at 25. I think they see him as a piece possibly and look i think for michael bush the big thing for him he's down in triple a keep him at one position where it be third base whether it be second base don't throw him in left field and then of course the way down the line you got a uh, guy rain don cone who they're really high on you got alex freeland like some prospects yeah. on the lower levels well, we know some. they don't they don't they never draft or they never sign uh there, there hasn't been a position player exceptional position player through the pipeline in years and we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks like the focus on pitching everybody always wants pitching this team needs pitching uh teams want to trade for pitching and that's where you have such um uh, i guess lean areas in the organizational depth chart because all of these names not a single one of them uh wiggles my pickle around i don't even know what that means but i'm sorry i said it <laughs> not excited about any of these names no, I mean, and there's really not a lot of these names that really <laughs> are worth getting excited over, right? But I just don't think Manny Machado, I was never about signing Manny Machado. He's had an awful year so far. I would never want to sign him at that amount. But I think, too, defensively, though, you need some coverage. Now, Ron Say, one thing he talked about with Tommy Lasorda was Tommy Lasorda, when he was learning that position at third base. Tommy Lasorda once said. <laughs> that one of his tactics was Lasorda would just smash him ground balls to Ron Say around 40 feet. And if he missed one of those balls, if he didn't field it cleanly, he would make him run a lap. Lasorda would make him run a lap. And Ron Say would, you know, MF this, MF that. They would get in these loud shouting matches. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dave Roberts maybe should do that with Max Muncy. Do the they don't thing. let you Doc get away Max with Muncy. that in baseball anymore. <laughs> We need that's some a, tough love, okay? That's don't, a, we don't need that. They're going to be. You do that. You, somebody does that to uh, you know try to try to move like Johnny DeLuca to the infield or whatever, and he's just getting ground balls mashed at him. You know, there's an agent on the phone. I think you and I should do that though. Let's go to Orange Grove. You can try to take my face off with a couple ground balls. See if I can field them cleanly. I, I want the want, challenge. I want you the guys challenge. want me to uh, assault Doug McCain here with ground balls? You let us know in the comments below. I could field him. Give him backhand, backhand range. <laughs> Anything uh, special going on in the chat right now? I see a lot of things uh, going on. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us as always. We, uh, Sarah Morris just said, can Vargas play 3B? Some people were talking about um, Johnny DeLuca as well. Um, they were on DeLuca the looks like an infielder. DeLuca to me, and Michael Bush were, were mostly the main topics. A lot of people were talking about moving them to 3B. You know, then, I mean, Bill Russell came up as an outfielder. Yeah. And they moved his ass to shortstop where he played for the next, how long? To 15 years, 16 years for the Dodgers. Um, I, I would be, they have enough outfield depth, but appreciate those those comments. We also have a super chat. Oh, let's go. Let's shout, go. Out, shout out to Michael Carrillo. Dance for the people, Douglas. That's his, do that's a shoey. Do a shoey. No, no, no. Just no, kidding. No, Don't do, do the shoey. Do Michael Correa said, let's trade for Michael Garcia. Michael Garcia? My, oh. He's great at third base. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, yes. Michael. My, Michael. Michael. Yes. Uh, I don't know about enough about that one. When I ever see Michael, I think of Franco. Um, I, I don't know enough about him, but if it's if it's an improvement, I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, I just don't see him going out there and giving a lot of prospect capital for that position. I think you're going to try yeah. to address that internally. And then if you don't, then maybe you try to find it. And they still believe, hey, Max Muncy is going to make some sense there. So, yeah, I just don't really anticipate that. I mean, rarely do you see the Dodgers go out there and make a trade. I mean, obviously, 
He has been defensively for the Royals, solid. Yeah. Offensively, he's not going to blow your mind. I mean, he's a round league average offensive production-wise. And look, when the Dodgers make moves, they like to make they like to make headlines. They like to make moves, and they like to find a way to really kind of light a fire and spark the fan base. He's not a guy that I think essentially does that. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, yeah, I mean, where's, I was looking him up before the game yesterday. I mean, the power is not really crazy, so I don't anticipate anything like that. So Deluca is pretty interesting. I think they would favor going Bush over Deluca before that, but uh, Bush is probably gonna be traded this uh, this off season. I mean, right, I mean, this the trade deadline. Let's go watch him hit 280 for another team. What do you got? And then one more. Some people were mentioning um, Kevin Lux next year at 3B. I think they're no. all they're He's all in. Yeah, they're all in out. on the shortstop for for Lux. I'm I'm a little a lot concerned about Lux being only at that point 13 months removed from you know major knee surgery and having to make those lateral plays at shortstop he it takes time to come back from that and he could eventually good be you know be good because we're, we're seeing what uh somebody like ronald acuna is doing this year coming off now this is into year two off of that acl surgery and he's just he's a different he's on a different playing field with everybody right now with the power with the speed of course he's playing outfield uh yeah there's some cuts there's some running there's some tough stuff but the what you need at short that that worries me a little bit but we will cross that road when we get there but we saw we've seen gavin lux move around uh the infield around the outfield not a third baseman he's just absolutely not a third baseman he's a middle infielder and that is uh his future in baseball for sure um i want to touch on uh earlier yeah. we had uh, the miguel vargas you know they they're all in on him being a second baseman this year they made that that move that transition and he's become a decent second baseman, especially over this last month, month and a half. Like, like I like what I'm seeing out of the kid. The effort, you know, he's 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 ready. He's willing to get uh, get the uniform dirty and all that. Um, <laughs> the problem is he's not hitting. He's not getting on base, and he looks more and more. And we, I know, we've talked a lot about uh, Vargas over the last uh, couple of these shows. So I don't want to dive in too much, but you're seeing more and more deer in the headlights. Even you, know, his sack fly, which was huge. It was the only run of the game for the Dodgers on Sunday. Um, even that was like like just barely throwing a bat out and making contact, hoping you made contact, which is what you want. I saw a comment on our DodgersNation.com over the weekend that I wanted to, to throw to you and just get some get some opinions from that man, Mr. Doug McCain. Um, the, the comment was, uh, should Yanni Hernandez be getting more looks than uh, Miguel Vargas right now? Dan commenter Jay, so thank you for commenting, Jay. He said, I saw more from Yanni Hernandez this weekend than I've seen from Vargas all year. Yanni, is, he's, he knows this is, a, um, this is a, an important audition for him. Any, does any of that mean anything to you? I mean, look, I love Yanni. I call him the on base machine. He's on fire and this and that, but still, no. I mean, that's no offense. I mean, it's a cool thing to say. It's very flavor of the month, recency bias, but that's kind of almost an absurd thing to say when you consider the fact that Miguel Vargas has seven home runs this season. He might, Yanni Hernandez might not hit seven home runs in his career, right? He's not a guy Why that brings power. Why does it always got to be a slug, though? We that's don't how, always that's need how that. how you win in Major League Baseball. Mar Miguel get Vargas. Hit, get me on base. Give me somebody who's going to keep a line moving and not just wait. Yeah, seven home runs. How many, how many other hits outside of those seven home runs? How many hits does Miguel Vargas have total? But you don't that it's not you you're it's not looking at the overall production of Miguel Vargas. And yes, he hasn't produced to the level that everyone expected him to. Yes, he has underperformed. He has underachieved. There's no doubt about that. But 
the upside, the ceiling there is still, look at the triple against the Rockies. He was two for his last 43 before that. Yes, he has struggled, but still, I, I the flashes. I don't consider triples to be much of anything at Coors Field, but anyways, go ahead. I mean, the, the point I'm trying to make, though, <laughs> is the fact that, yeah, Yanni Hernandez, I think he has the ability to get on base. I think that he has the ability to hit at the big yeah. league level. I don't. De I definitely think that's something that could be a possibility and in the cards for Hernandez, but I just don't anticipate this organization punting on Miguel Vargas for Yanni Hernandez. It'd be for Michael Bush, because that's what yeah. Dave Roberts already saying. Kind of getting back to Miguel Vargas in third base, I've heard from some people down at the minor league level that he doesn't love the hot shots at the hot corner, so he's not going to play third base. And this organization, they're still 100% committed and all in at Gavin Lux as the future at the shortstop position. And yeah, as far as the ACL injury, you get back to 100%. Yes, your lateral movements at the beginning, you're going to have to rehab and get back to where you were, but it's not a situation where you lose a step athletically and that's yeah. it for you. It's not like Achilles would be far worse, right? ACL would be fine. And also, too, it's a good reason why they gave Miguel Rojas that $5 million extension. He's going to be on this team through the 2024 season. But, yeah, Yanni Hernandez, is, it'll be another one of those guys where he has a good couple of weeks, like Johnny DeLuke you're hyped about, and yeah, then he doesn't I, do much. Michael I think Bush you look at much. it. It's not, it's not uh, this isn't for the future. This isn't for the next five seasons. This isn't even for the next two or three months. We're talking about a month. And, I mean, at this point, man, uh, Miguel Vargas needs he needs a mental blow. He needs to be back down at Triple A where he can get his his swing going back to right center because Dave Roberts has, has brought up that it feels like he's going for the pull. He's trying to pull for power. That's not his game. That's never been power has never really been Miguel Vargas's game. And he's trying to, you know, he's trying to slug with the big dogs up here. You need somebody that can just find some grass and keep the line moving up and down the lineup. Not every, you don't need nine hitters that can go yard every time. Just let him find one here and there. But he needs a mental reset. He is in his head for sure. In my opinion, from what I'm seeing from him, he's just he's he, that's not a confident player stepping to the plate right now. And you get that confidence back by going and maybe playing at your pay grade for a, a couple of weeks or a month. Yeah, I wouldn't be totally opposed to that. I'd be fine with that. I think that what he's shown this year is, yeah, when he's making hard contact, when he's actually leaving the yard and getting extra base hits, he's covering the inside of the baseball. His swing is a little more east and west. When he gets into trouble, it's when he's trying to be a vertical swinger, right? And like you said, he needs to go back to being that all-fields type hitter, the guy that's going gap to gap. And until he does that, he's going to struggle. But I will say the one positive thing about Miguel Vargas at the plate, which a lot of rookies tend to struggle with, is they're not leaving the – he's not striking out a ton, right? The strike Strikeout rate isn't terribly bad. So I think Miguel Vargas, do you want to send him down? I mean, you could do that. I don't know exactly other than, I mean, what would you need to see from him at the AAA level to say, oh, he's figured things out to say, okay, that's going to translate when he gets back to the show. I mean, I just want to see uh, a better presentation of the game. Like he, Dave, Dave even brought up, you know, he's, he's proud of, of Miggy for not taking the offensive struggles out on defense. Again, it seems like the focus has been so much on defense for him for the last eight months because it happened It happened starting into to the end of last season, that transition from third base to second base. Um, he's not taking that out there with him, but when he's walking to the plate, when he's standing at the plate, when he's fouling pitches off, when he's looking at a fastball right down the dick and not swinging at it and then swinging at a ball five inches in off the plate on the next pitch, like the decisions are bad and he's trying to press. He's trying to force it. So you see a better presentation from him, whatever that means. Uh, see a better, better presentation from him down uh, in the minor leagues for a couple of weeks just to get that confidence going again. And, uh, and, and 
him seeing pitches that he can learn or can remember. Oh yeah, I attack those. That's my game. I attack those. I I do this with them. I'm not trying to just hit everything, you know, over the left field fence. Yeah, no, I guess is it I'd... a good idea? Is it great? No, but it's something different. And and you know me, I've been doing this for a long time. Any people who watch me, I'm big on the the whole just change something for the sake of change every once in a while when things aren't going well. But again, you can't have Max, uh, you can't have Vargas and a couple other dudes in the lineup. Uh, you know, every day James Outman. You can't have that many dudes not producing or not getting on base or not adding keeping the line moving. You can't have four guys in the lineup struggling. Yeah, no, exactly. But does And Yanni then more, and then five when Austin Barnes gets a start. Yeah, no, I agree 100% that this team is not going to go far. They're not going to have any sustained success unless you get contributions down the line. But can I say one thing about Miguel Vargas? Yes, you may. If Miguel Vargas has a million fans, and I am one of them. If he has 10 fans, and I am one of them. If he has only one fan, that is me. If Vargas has no fans, then that means I'm right, no longer man, on we earth. We got it, dog. You love Miguel Vargas. We get it, man. It's okay. okay. That's dog, I got dude. your back, Miggy Vargas. We're going to be fine. He's only 23 years old. Let's get a 400 plate appearance for him. Let's okay. talk about DMAC underscore Go. LA's OKC report. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just playing. Look, you bring up a lot of fantastic points. In. That's I what do I do. Agree. I do agree that, yeah, a reset could benefit him. I think. Like I said, swing-wise, he's not as far away. Like, if he had been if he's striking out 30% of the time or struggling to get his bat on the ball, yeah, I think that would be it. But I think for certain times, in certain situations, you just have to be aggressive. Like, there's certain situations where getting your bat on the ball is better than taking a walk. So, yeah, I think that Miguel Vargas is due for a reset, but still I could see things starting to click for him. Yo, when Ron Say came in, and then we're going to wrap this up and let us know if there's any. Uh, I, this is the comment master now, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cody Lou. Um, when Ron Say came in in the offseason, we talked about the, the embarrassment against the Padres in the NLDS. One of the things he said, I don't know if it was actually on the show or if we were talking afterwards off camera, which, by the way, one of, one of my favorite things whenever we do have interviews with people is, is the things we aren't recording because it, it gets real. But he's like, and I think this was part of the, the, the recorded interview. It's like you can't have a bunch of dudes hitting under 200 in your lineup, and it changes. Uh, that It gets that much more pronounced when it's in October because you're playing better teams. This Dodgers team over the years, this team that's won all of these division titles, they have gotten fat on a lot of really bad teams that add up to an 111-win season or 106-win, 107-win season. That's how you win that many, by beating the garbage teams they're not beating him this year that's why it's going to be closer to 90 whatever 93 or whatever it is but that you can't have that many dudes in the lineup hitting under 200 so start changing where you can a little bit maybe they send back both outman and and vargas at the same time triple a for a month couple weeks whatever i think july is a good time to do it but cody what you got for me man i want some thoughts we have a lot of yanni hernandez uh fans uh we have like yanni said, plays flavor a good, of the month <laughs> yanni of plays a good third base yanni will save it's the back, defensively fun to watch he I, is good like this thing yanni hernandez just does not bring any power or pop to the lineup and that is what this lineup and this organization builds their offense upon so i'm just trying to let you know how this organization is going to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sitting here saying he's Yanni Hernandez. I'm like yawning, right? I'm like, I don't respect the guy. I love Yanni Hernandez. I think what he brings is, first of all, where would this bullpen be without Yanni Hernandez? Okay, okay. All right, back to you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Max, we'll get you out of this uh, a lot of people are just saying Yanni at 3B. Um, Dave Luna said, why can't Yanni be the next Jake Lamb? Also, Jake Lamb is back. If you I need saw the that. 3B, um, some people said uh, Jake, uh, people were talking about Jake Lamb. He's Jake back Lamb on the Truth streets. Jake right here. Uh, I will <laughs> 
And now, and we're, then, de- now we're demonetized. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Ted Talks uh, said Eddie's Leonard should be in the majors. Trey Turner meets Puig. Um, a lot of comments just talking about sending uh, Miguel Vargas to the minors just to get him straightened out. Um, and that's pretty much it. A lot of people are obviously on the uh, Yanni, Yanni Hernandez train. Tra- Yanni, yeah. uh, Yanni train and uh, totally for uh, sending Miguel Vargas back. Uh, Yon- to Yanni Hernandez has five home runs in his entire career at every level. You, bro in his, bro in, is in, throughout the minor with leagues. homers today. What's going it's on? Slugging. If because you if you want the dub, you got to slug, Clint. You God damn, opponent, man. If you outslug Learn your opponent, the phrase. If you outslug your opponent, you win at an 80% clip in this league. I'm with uh, you, you, know what? you know what? If you, have, if you have somebody on base in front of that slugger, you get one more point from it. You're yawn one today. I'm pretty tired. Look, I, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Look, I mean, I, those I'm are with our you. thoughts on that. You guys uh, sound off in in the comments below. Keep keep the conversation going. We'll check them out in the uh, whatever version. If you guys are watching this again live after the fact, or by the way, uh, how funny would it be if you heard Yanni cup. hits a home run in the no, Pirates I'm gonna, game? I'm going to message you immediately. He wanted the dub, so he got the slug. Uh, before we get out of here, let's uh, drop some uh, quick All Star thoughts. Two more Dodgers added to the All-Star game, so you have a total of five right now. Uh, number uh, Birth number 10 for Clayton Kershaw, which is awesome. So let's uh, give the man with the bad back a nice little round of applause. You'd love to see that. But the big one, you have Will Smith rightfully brought in by, uh, by his peers as uh, one of the catchers for the National League squad. First Dodger catcher to be uh, voted into the All-Star game or brought into the All-Star game since uh, uh, has many passed ball in uh, 2015. Um, thoughts on all that, and uh, when, when will we see Kershaw not pitching in the game? Yeah, I think that's kind of one of my big thoughts there is, look, last year, 14 players opted out or were injured or whatever it may be. So there are going to be spots to fill. But Clayton Kershaw, a 10-time All-Star. That is 10 All-Star teams. Most in franchise history. The most in franchise history. And he continues to be one of the better pitchers in the league after kind of a little bit of a patch where we're saying, wait, is the decline happening? Is it over? And he goes on. Not only makes two All-Star teams, he starts last season. So you definitely love seeing that. But the big one in Dodgerland was Will Smith getting his due. And I respected the fact that Will Smith, when he was interviewed by Kirsten Watson after the game, he said, hey, Murphy had a little bit of a better year than I have as far as the numbers. So he brought his facts to the fight in that one. And he realized that it was razor thin. It was very close. But, hey, he's an all-star. I was a little worried about JT Romuto and kind of the reputation there. But, yeah, I'm not going to have to storm the league offices on July 6th and try to riot because Will Smith isn't an all-star. So they made the right decision. Smitty, America's catcher, is an all-star. We did it. I'm now a one-time all-star, so I could not be more thrilled. Hey, they made. I the was All-Star. gonna say facts of the fights. It sounds like you, you know. They, hey, they, they, the uh, they made the All Star game great again, huh? <laughs> they made the All Star <laughs> game great again. On there you to go. the next thought. <laughs> but Clint, I actually want to get your opinion on Evan Phillips. I like him. He's a nice kid. Next, no, what do you got? <laughs> so yeah, if you look at the opt outs, like you know, it's difficult to make it as a reliever. You either have to be a lights out closer as far as ERA or saves. If you look at saves 11, that's eighth in Major League Baseball. If you look at ERA among relievers, that's in, as far as the National League goes, 191, that's eighth. So the numbers aren't explosive, but if you look at the all-star roster as a whole, 32 players from each league, 20 position players and 12 pitchers, and the players, they vote for the five starting pitchers and the three relievers. Yeah. Do you anticipate maybe he gets in? I think we would need to have a, a, a handful of um, dropouts 
for, for I mean, very deserving. He's probably more deserving based on the on his past or his work last year than this year. Still having a very good year this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's all about uh, ERA and and wins and how many saves. So if it is going to be a reliever, it's going to be saves based. Uh, and there's a few other people, you know, they, if they want to replace him. I don't think they replace a, a pitcher with a position player, but you have like Fernando Tatis who wasn't voted in, which rightfully so. This is, you know, the 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 opinion around baseball is this is the players punishing him for being a doper and having uh, having that. What was it again? Uh, he had uh, he had lice. Oh, the, his the lice, ringworm. His ringworm cream yeah, or yeah. whatever it Colostable is. Colostable was what he took. Colostable. I would love to see Evan Phillips get it. Again, I think he's deserving, but I think you would need to have four, five, six guys drop out before he gets in. Yeah, and I was looking at it. The players that are voted in, Alexis Diaz from the Reds, Hayter from the Padres, Camilo Doval from the Giants. Doval got 92 votes, but we don't see the votes underneath that, how close Evan Phillips got. And this all goes back to the ridiculous format where every team has to have a representative because very stupid technically i think he's more deserving than devin williams of the milwaukee brewers but they need a representative and if it's close we know the league office they picked the final six all-star roster spots four position players and two catchers so you have the four position players the two catchers and then the fan voting you got the nine position players the nine position players from the player voting and then eight pitchers so we'll see if the league office they step up and they give evan phillips the the nod there, but I just don't anticipate it because he's not just your traditional closer, that brand name closer with the walkout song. Could Fireman Phillips could go out to Lil Wayne's Fireman or something like that. Like if the brand matters when it comes to the closer, right? And he just doesn't have that. He's your best high leverage guy, but not necessarily one of these closers that you see that we kind of grew up on. Yeah, no, he's uh, he just he gets the job done. He doesn't do yeah. it with a lot of flash, and that's that's just his game. But uh, there's a. There was a couple other snubs. I know the big a big snub in the AL is is Angels uh, closer Carlos Estevez, big Estevez, big time Angels guy here now. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, anyways, uh, I think I think we got some stuff in the chat. We have a super chat. Let's go. Dave, this Dave, is Dave, a Dave, Dave, Dave. shout out to Francisco. to you it's uh we can't hear it we, we, we probably need to fix that so we can hear Wait, Wander, yeah we probably Wander should, Franco Snow, this is like all baseball show it's all baseball show i'm pretty sure it's really loud it's really blasting no but yeah. it makes it fun for them you know it's like how do you know did you ask them did you do a poll <laughs> <laughs> francisco very much appreciate you we like the song too it's a good song um let's see joe machado's in the stream he says hudson will make phillips even better yeah i think you're gonna get closer to um having more distinguished roles in this team. You have somebody that is going to be essentially your closer, even though they haven't wanted to say it with EP 56. He is, or EP 59, he is the closer. Uh, and Hudson is going to be that guy that can back him up when he doesn't, when they're not going to have him go three in a row or whatever it is. Um, I think, I think the Laker game's coming on, so we should probably, uh, or the Laker, whatever is happening is going on, something like that. So I know, I know these thugs over here want to get out of here uh, pretty soon, but. Um, Boomer Assassin said the Dodgers need Nutrisystem to sponsor the roster. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give nice. you a fire. Some age old Nutrisystem there. I'm going to give you the Dodger dog of the game. We, we had uh, Nutrisystem <laughs> as a sponsor one time, like, like two years ago, but we still have some of the stuff here in the, in the broom closet. And Doug ate, uh, ate one, 
and he was fine, and then he, he was going to eat another one, but he saw the expiration date was from, like, two months before, so he'll never look at it again. Doug, I'm just, I was, uh, you guys don't know behind-the-scenes Doug. He's a weird cat. That's all I wanted to say right there. Like radioactive man. I mean, what's going to happen to me? I mean, come on now. But, yeah, that was actually pretty tasty, though, I will say. Yeah. 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 Hashtag old sponsor. Anyways, uh, guys, appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, we probably should have let people know earlier that we were doing the earlier show but uh everybody enjoy your fourth of july don't blow off any uh, any digits because then that's less opportunity for you guys to send super chats for for noah's <laughs> sake now but we appreciate you guys find us on the internet at dodgersnation.com subscribe to blue heaven on all the podcast uh audio spots we are there we live there so listen to us in your car and you can hear dun, 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 even louder please cannot tell you i cannot beg you enough please do subscribe to us on youtube youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv hit the bell ding leave a like on everything you've ever seen from us doug will hit you with a dab for every subscription we get and uh, uh what's the other thing oh and comment on the videos that really helps us out in the youtube algorithm you guys have been doing great and and helping our, our videos get a lot more views of late so that that uh means the world uh world to us for sure I'm real FRG on the Twitter and Instagram. That guy is Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. The crown prince, the king of Los Angeles. We are Dodgers Nation on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. That is KXDYLUU on yes, the Twitter. Sir. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for hanging out. We will see you on Thursday sometime in the afternoon. Bye. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.